3: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I'm Questlove. What is up, crew? I uh, see uh, we have, um, hey Bill. How are you? Good. Life won't
2: street. Everything's good. Life on the street remains on the street. Everything's good. <laughs> Can't complain.
3: Yeah, I, I was about to say, I, I commend you. I, I haven't told you yet, but uh, you guys handled that. Uh, Elmo discovers racism bit. Yes. Nice.
2: Autumn's been working real hard on that. That and, town uh, hall
0: was dope.
2: We did some COVID town halls. We did we did race town halls, and it's been going pretty well. This Sweet. partnership with CNN, yeah, it's cool.
3: All right, all right. So we also got a uh, Fonseca in the house. What up?
2: What's going you,
3: on? You got any uh, new smoke coming out? Anything? Anything coming up? Or. Um, I mean, I've
4: been working on a lot of stuff that's about to come out. Mainly, i just been bumping the Cardi and Meg joint. That's been my. Kick <laughs> <last laughs> some your yeah. of. Yeah.
3: Thanks for sending dope that dope. in a group
0: text. Thanks. <laughs> I
3: gotta admit. Yeah. 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 And uh, Steve, you doing all right? mean Sugar Steve? Yeah. yeah Sugar doing Steve. Mm-hmm. I thought we were friends now, so I can address you by your Christian name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Your Christian name. laughs> right. We're you and I are back at work now. How, how's it feel? We get tested every day, so we're safe. Y'all yeah. got the rapid
0: test. Y'all Trump. Oh my God. How y'all get the <laughs> rapid test?
3: I got tested. I- we get tested every day, yo.
0: And you get your results in how how short in a time? Fifteen
3: in fifteen, 15
2: minutes. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. I just want to go see my parents. Nasal joint. Is it a nasal yeah, yeah. joint? They tickle your brain. Yeah.
3: No, one, brain I, I got to admit, I got to admit, okay, so there's like four different nurses that do it. Um, the idea of the sexy nurse who are called the s nurse because she wears these like really weird stiletto heels. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone fights to be in her room. <laughs> she, she's also the person like, ah, damn, she damn near like, cleans your brain out. Like I, I uh, she she. Her bedside manner is too rough, so I like the the other gentle, nasal tester. But yeah, we get a test every day, Laia, to answer your question. So annoying. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Hurry up
0: yeah. so I can ask our guests if she gets tested Anyway, anyway. <laughs> it's just a celebrity I'm, thing.
3: It's always, listen, it's always, it's always customary that we say hello to each other first so that it people is. know that you know we don't bicker. How, how are you, Laia? Uh, Oh my God,
0: I'm good, and everybody should know that I am sweating because I am very excited about our guests, and that's why I'm sweating. My that's heart. good.
3: Well, yes, let's get to our guest, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our guest today. She is a four-time uh, Daytime Emmy Award winner. Uh, oh, that's
5: right. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. She's a lawyer, uh, a journalist, of course. She is host of her own true crime series and called Investigation Discovery. Uh, future best-selling author uh, this fall, she has a book called "I Am These Truths," a memoir of identity, justice, and living between two worlds. That Y.E. is extreme. We're all excited, <laughs> but Y.E. is mega-selling. I'm excited about this. Uh, now to be outdone, uh, your first, uh, so I'll say, fiction or your first um, uh, novel will also be mm-hmm. out in twenty twenty-one, entitled. Uh, summer on the Bluffs, which has nothing to do with Curtis with Snow. Snow on the Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Curtis Snow's, uh, Snow on the Bluff. She is also, I like to think of myself as a chicken farmer as well because of where I'm quarantining. She's a, <laughs> a fellow <laughs> chicken farmer uh, yes. from the Boogie Down Bronx. But um, she's basically, you know, well-known and loved as a member one fifth of the fiery, passionate, informed, and opinionated ladies, uh, known as the crew from the view. Let my fellow QL at lessers also know that uh the five of us have it very good for we generally agree on most things around here. Can you guys imagine mm-hmm. if like me, Steve, and Laia were kind of like Megan, Abby, Whoopi, we'll anyway. Bring back Abby, you bring back Abby. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to QLS Sonny Hostin. Please thank
6: you. <laughs>
3: yeah, thank
6: you, Puerto Rico. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I have one question for you. I just I, I want to get the first question out before you like you grow up. right now. No, not I'm at all. Kidding. Does it get exhausting?
5: If I'm being honest, <laughs> you know. It gets exhausting for a lot of reasons, but I think it's very difficult to maintain um, your composure when you're talking about things that people generally feel uncomfortable talking about. And you know you're talking about them in front of 3 million people, and you know you have to come back and talk about them again. So you can't burn bridges, but sometimes you want to. You kind of want to not only burn them, you want to blow them up. And it's also hard as a woman and a woman of color when I know that there are all these tropes out there all the time, angry black woman, too emotional, irrational. Um, And I know because I hear from our viewers Mm. that they feel that I represent them. Um, and so I do not want to be a poor representation of the people. So I have to think about all that when I'm there. It's
3: a lot. I, yeah, I feel like for a lot of viewers of the show, especially pre-COVID, I will say mm-hmm. that there's a majority of the people that I know, especially like where Steve and I work. Steve and I work at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Mm-hmm. So I think oftentimes people think like, Oh, well, I'm cool with uh, the roots in a mirror, so I'm not racist or I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, or those things where it's like, well, you're friends with your co so thus, yep. you're on the right side of history. I often mm-hmm. feel as though, I feel like you and Whoopi might be the only point of view of a person of color or a woman that most of Middle America, or I won't I, and I don't want it to just say like, oh, only housewives watch The View. Like anyone who's home during those morning to afternoon hours watches it. But mm-hmm. we all home, eh?
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why our ratings <laughs> was, are so high. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that I often feel as though people channel into YouTube for opinions that they might otherwise not know about because That's they don't right. have friends that they're close to. So. I feel like there's added pressure on you, but when the, when the cameras are off and the show is done, how awkward is that walk back to the dressing room for the five of you? Mm -hmm. Especially if it's unsettled. Yeah. It
5: depends on the day, you know, in all honesty, um, because we know we have to. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we know, (laughs) we know we're going to uh, work together the next day. Um, And we may have had a really uncomfortable conversation. And what, a lot of people don't know is, you know, we're totally unscripted. We don't know what anyone is going to say. We know the topics. We don't even know the questions that are coming at us. So <laughs> after it blows up and we're giving our honest feedback, especially during these times like COVID and the pandemic and, and this presidency and, you know, this administration, and I think what's become a, res- a racial reckoning, tempers are flaring. Um, and, and sometimes it's hard to, you know, look at your colleague and not be emotional and upset and wondering where, 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 did that come from? Most times though, I'll be honest, we, we reach back out to each other. It may take a day. It may take two days, but, um, and, and sometimes it's immediate. We will text each other. We will call each other, um, and say, what was that?
0: Um, we, we have that relationship with each other now. We've done that guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Not which well, we've done. We've we've done that. Yeah, yeah. It happens. happens. <laughs> you have to because at the end of the day, it's kind of like another family too. So you know it that while family. you won't always like each other, you do love each other, and you you yep. know want to make sure that you know that, right?
5: Yeah, and we're dysfunctional like every other family, you know. So they're they Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. And imagine a family that you didn't choose. Um, And a family that is, we're all very different, Mm -hmm. different ages, different backgrounds. We we are as different as you could be all thrown together. I watch Um, you
0: maneuver with the age thing. And that's, I I see you, interesting (laughs) to see you in in Whoopi because that's an interesting (laughs) scenario because y'all have very different backgrounds and very different views at times. A lot of times you get this the same, but sometimes your experiences and her experiences come to. and I watch you, you you know, gracefully go in your mind. To me, I go, you go, that's my elder. Let me listen to her. And
5: then I will Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think. At least that's how I was raised. Um, you know, you're speaking to someone of a different generation, you do that with respect. Even if you disagree, you dis- mm-hmm. disagree respectfully. Not everyone was raised that way, but that's how I was raised.
3: Oh, I so raised it. That's Likewise. how I
5: comport myself. <laughs>
3: how how hard is it, especially when you have to give so many teachable moments and sound bites? within these like eight to nine minute increments and the five of you have the platform. Like I'll say right now, the five of us have a rhythm or an energy that we didn't have maybe the first 20 episodes where we were <laughs>
4: walking,
3: talking on top of each other, that sort yeah. of thing.
4: Yeah, I don't say shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's my rhythm,
3: silence. No, no. your wifi sucks. But oftentimes, uh, well, you've been there for two two years now, correct? Four. Oh, four. Okay. Mm. Yes, yeah, four. four believe it or not. Right. So twenty twenty
4: has been two years long. So okay. yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so even in being there with four years and new blood comes in, um, and you know, and oftentimes, I, you know, I think that often when producers or executive producers are looking for someone to fit in. They're thinking about ratings. They're thinking about yep. who who's controversial, who's rebel rouser. So you kind of kind of have to wonder, like, who's there just to be the soundbite of the moment on social media, mm. or who's there to really make a teachable moment to teach America and teach each other about how you feel as a human? Like, how hard is it to talk in soundbites that are succinct and and to the point? and also trying to make a teachable moment. Like, do you ever feel as though, you know, I mean, obviously I'm trying not to make this about Megan, but I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. do you ever think (laughs) that there will be a teachable moment for her where- There
0: have been some, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, there've been some, but I almost feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's nine steps forward and then eight and a half steps backwards. Mm -hmm. As as far like how concerned are you about making a teachable moment in which the person really understands, and not in that way where it's just like oh mm-hmm. you're an exception to the rule you're the good one but
5: yeah well, or is you it know I your brand well, and
3: not getting yeah canceled?
5: when when I yeah when I am um, thinking in the moment I'm I'm a quick thinker I think pretty quickly on my feet I think it's my training as a lawyer. Um, but I know what my job is. Um, and I know my job is to teach. Uh, my job, you know, When you have that kind of platform, you, you, you have to teach. And I'm not only trying to teach um, or inform my colleagues, I'm trying to inform someone in, you know, somewhere, someplace in the country that hasn't heard that kind of point of view. Like you mentioned um, earlier, that I'm sometimes the only person of color that they that they've seen that they that, that they can engage with, and um, people do engage on social media. That's absolutely sure, yeah. um, and so I I, um, I I try to do that. I will tell you that it's pretty difficult, um, especially when it's a topic that I know is of great import, right? Um, and I know what I say is gonna be all over the media. Um, I know people are going to interpret it and misinterpret it. I, 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 think it's pretty difficult. Our show does a really good job of, of, at, at a break saying, Sonny, did you say what you needed to say? Megan, did you say what you need to say? Whoop, did you say what you need to say? And, and you're, if you're watching oftentimes whoopie will continue the conversation. And that's because during the break we've said, nah, we didn't get that out. We didn't get that straight. I need to correct myself. Yes. um but it's waiting
0: why is she always last i'm like megan if you don't get in there in the second or i think third. she
5: feels i think she feels most comfortable um waiting to to hear what everyone is saying because she really is a. you know she's the youngest on our on our show mm-hmm. and i i really believe quest to your um initial question that she is um a work in progress like she is really Thinking things through she's gone through a lot of changes. We're talking about, you know, the death of her father her hero Being pregnant for the first time um, Married uh, newly married having that, you in her life having like me um, <laughs> it's uh, you know Those were a lot of changes with a lot of um, in front of the public yeah. um, At that age in your early 30s and and she's really um. She's learning a lot of a lot of things. I think she's questioning a lot of a lot of things. While she's formed some opinions, they change. Mine changed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hear things and I think, okay, you know, I may not, never agree with that, but I can understand where you're coming from. And that's what our show is about. Um, we, I think it's it's changed all of us. Joy will tell you that all the time. She's been on the show from the very beginning, except for the couple of years she got fired. <laughs> <She'll> <laughs> tell you, you know, <laughs> she's cha- She's a changed person because of it. She's a changed person, and and each host does change you, in in ways that is is very surprising. It's uh, you know, I I understand more about um, conservative women than than I ever have, or even care to really. Right. Right. What is it honest. that you think
4: you understand now? What has the show helped you understand that you didn't before?
5: You know, one of the things that I grew up in the South Bronx, right? So, um, and I I, I grew up with a certain group of people. I didn't grow up um, in the middle of the country, although I I did go to law school in the middle of the country. So my experience is more varied than most people, but my close friends um, tend to mirror my opinions. We, we, We agree with each other most of the time. Now, all of a sudden I'm learning, okay, well, if you have never, let's say, experienced the kind of poverty I experienced, you take for granted a lot of things. And it takes someone to say, you know what, not everybody has health care. So you feel sick, you immediately get to go to the doctor. I've had the occasion in my family, someone's sick, we don't have health insurance. We don't have the ability to go to the doctor. So we're sick and we go to work and we get other people sick. So we're not being reckless, so to speak, because we want to be, we need to feed our families. And that's, those are the kinds of exchanges that we've had backstage you know where people are like that's reckless that's reckless I'm like no that's poverty cool. and and I can understand why she may feel that way someone one of the hosts may feel that way because it's just not in her experience she doesn't have the bandwidth she's but learning now how she great has some,
0: America is she's isn't. learning it yeah you know it's, it's interesting watching Megan learn how great America isn't like through you guys
5: She's, she's, she's really, she's learning things and, and we're learning from her as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good to have, have um, someone who just has a different opinion.
3: It's it's funny you say that because um, I think in my second year, of 30 rock, like I think like maybe one death and one major sickness, I had to like sit out for like more than a day. Mm-hmm. And, um, the first time I was like really, really sick, like with the flu, they were kind of like, you know, well why the hell are are you in like you you could have got a sub to sit in for you, and you know, I came from an upbringing where like I mean your limbs could be hanging off, yep, you still you like you still you go to nothing, work <laughs> nothing has the way it worked, and they couldn't understand that mentality. Yeah. You know, yeah. and meanwhile, like, you know, one of them will have the sniffles and then like run immediately to the ninth floor to like the nurse's office. I'm like, just get a Kleenex. Like, mm-hmm. and, like <laughs> I'm, I'm learning the, 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 the cultural difference and whatnot. Well, you mentioned the South Bronx. Yeah. That's I know that's where you were born. Could you give us a, a brief synopsis of what like your your formative childhood was like, like the type of household yeah. you grew up in?
5: You know, I, I think my 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 childhood uh, was a lot like so many of us. I my parents were teenagers. Uh, my mom was seventeen when she got pregnant. My dad was eighteen. They got married, um, but she had to get her GED. You know, she had all these dreams of, of of going to law school. Actually, my father wanted to go to medical school. It didn't happen for them. He had to find a job. She got married. Uh, they got married. She stayed at home with me. And, you know, there were plenty of days with uh, no... Ho- my father actually is here visiting me from uh, North Carolina because my son just graduated from high school. <laughs> he, oh, wow. said, he said, What part
4: of North Carolina? What part? I'm, I'm based in North Carolina.
5: Greensboro. What? What? Yeah. That's my
4: hometown. Greensboro <laughs> is my hometown. That's where I was yeah, raised. That's where my family's from.
5: Really? He's right yeah. here. He drove 10 hours because he can't get on a plane. He's in his 70s. Right. But he w- wasn't going to miss his grandson's graduation, even though it was virtual, um, we couldn't go. Roll out of New York, huh?
0: Yep, I yep. Remember.
5: And he, um, he, t- he said to me yesterday. He said, uh, "We were worried about the power going out." And I said, "That's okay. I'll just, I'll just put some hot water on the stove. Um, you know, if it gets cold, and I'll, I'll heat up the room." And he was like, <laughs> "You That's remember that?" I said, "Yeah, I remember that." <laughs> Cause there were a lot Facts. of days when we didn't have <laughs> heat. We didn't have water. We didn't have food. Having you know, to Open um, up the
4: oven for heat. Did y'all do that? I yeah, did uh, that. You, was, the did that a... <laughs>
5: you know, that, the yeah, that, my childhood that. was like that. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of days, but we always had love. That was the interesting thing. Like we, we, we always had love. My parents worked. It was hard for them to get a job. Um, and I will say for us, education was really important. For them, it was it was the game changer. They felt that that was a game changer. So we didn't watch a lot of TV in our house, but there were a lot of books. And it was sort of, you know, my mom's from Puerto Rico. So I, I think um, a part of it was, and, and so Spanish is my first language, but it was Spanish and English, same household books and work hard. Um, even though we don't have a lot, you know, she would make my clothes, that kind of thing. But we had love and we worked hard and things would get better. That was sort of the the vibe um, growing up. And I didn't even realize we were that poor.
4: Are they still married? They're,
5: they're still, alive. Um, still alive. They're still not real? married, but they date, which is really awkward. Say hey,
0: word. Wait a minute, Sonny. Hey. I didn't get to that part in the book. I got, I'm just at the part where they divorced <laughs> and that was shocking.
5: Wait. Yeah. Tell
0: it's me so awkward.
5: It He's at <laughs> of house now. She lives here. Yeah. So
0: how long have they been seeing each other?
4: Years. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: been years? Yes. Oh, I would not
4: like we that in my parents. This. I wouldn't like that. How it. long I love you went
2: How the... What I have so many questions. How do you do that? It's
4: so ridiculous. <laughs> How it, do you I really feel,
2: Sonny? How do you really feel? <laughs> hey.
4: Yo, can, <laughs> hey, man, he want that old thing back.
0: <laughs>
2: hey, <laughs> hey.
4: Yo,
0: can I just tell you though? It's funny in reading your story, Sonny, because
2: shaking her head,
0: <laughs> so many parallels in that way. My parents are the same way, they, they they don't go together, but they're best friends, even though they've been divorced for 30 years. Yeah, but like, yeah. it's just funny in reading your story because you're an only child, too, so it just affects mm-hmm. you really differently.
5: <laughs> it affects you differently. I was devastated when they got divorced. I was angry. I was upset. I felt like my whole world blew up. You know, they blew up my world, and now they have the nerve to be at my house, <laughs> smooching in the kitchen. It pisses me off. I'll be honest with you. I not <laughs> <can't> believe
3: it. <laughs> yeah. but it was break. me. It was a break. That's yeah, all a that flourish. Me. <laughs> it was a break. So during the time period that you grew up in the South Bronx, um, what were your years into of course i mean our our, our podcast is music heavy um mm. so i'd be remiss if i didn't ask about i mean <laughs> you grew up in in the birthplace for where hip-hop was actually born yeah in 1973 uh, you described
0: so, the broken uh, no. glass in your memoir like she described uh-huh. it, like a
3: verse like oh, man. Pop party jams and those things and
0: I really did.
5: I really did. I mean, breakdancing was kind of big back then, um, <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy Legs was out there. Um, I, I I remember going to um, the tunnel and seeing Slick Rick um, perform wow. with Dougie Fresh. I was. I, I just. I loved music. I loved loved music.
0: Um, so I guess you were allowed myself. to go out. Because I was warning, because well, you had to I wasn't background. necessarily
5: allowed to go out, uh-huh. but I went out.
4: <laughs> I went out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I snuck out sometimes, you know, as a little bit of a rule breaker. I wasn't really allowed to go out. Um, because right, also, uh, you know, I was, I was young. I was 12 in high school and 16 in college. Me too, so Sonny. I wow. Me too. Yeah, that's, wow. that's why I was reading your the, book.
0: I was like, yo, we are like parallel lives. Yeah. That's so, the issue. And so, but your parents, my parents are more like, you know, my mom was kind of like strict, but at the same time, she's like, well, dang, your friends are going out. So maybe you could spend the night out. And that's when you spend the night at the mm-hmm. house, but then you go to the club. Right. <laughs> no, my, my, pa- my parents, um, no, they were like, you're too
5: young. And I looked young too. I looked oh, bad right. young. Yeah, so it was kind of, uh, you know, a sneaking out type of thing, trying to make myself look older. Bouncers didn't like, you know, they used to have bouncers back in the day, picking people to get in. Um, they knew what I looked like. Um, so you didn't I have prob- steroids I'm sure in I your milk.
0: 16. These yeah. <laughs> breasts been here since 12. So oh. <laughs> like, let me in the
5: club. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, you know, I, I, I loved music. I loved hanging out with my friends, breaking night, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. But I will tell you when my parents um, after my uncle, um, my uncle got stabbed in, during an altercation and um, I, 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 exp- I saw it. I was with him when it happened. And um my mother said stab and killed <laughs>
4: or just or just uh, like stabbed. Um, he
5: was almost killed. Um he you later died. Um, did you as a compli- I, I did, yeah. Um and it was it was horrible. My family decided, you know, we can't live with this kind of violence around us all the time. So they kept on trying to get an apartment in Manhattan. But because they're an interracial couple, they couldn't get an apartment. <laughs> And they, wow. they, they would go together. And and you think about it. I mean, you know, red line is, is such a problem and racial bias and housing is such a problem. But this is the 70s and they could not get a place to live together. But interracial wow. marriages had just been sanctioned by the Supreme Court in 67. They got married in 68. So, you know, 70s, wow. there weren't that many people that, that were um, married from different races then. So my mother went on her own. And filled out an application in Manhattan. And she changed her name from Rosa to Rose. And she changed, uh, she used to go by her maiden name, which is Beza. Her father's uh, a Spanish Jew. And she changed it to, come. she used my father's last name, Cummings, so she became Rose Cummings. And if you look at her, she's just, she doesn't look of color. And um, she got an apartment in Manhattan and we moved out wow. of the Bronx. And when my dad and I showed up, you could imagine the
6: surprise. <laughs> in shock.
5: Um, so I, I got the opportunity when I was um, going to high school, I, I lived in Manhattan in a better neighborhood and was able to hang out at the clubs in Manhattan too. So that was, that was the upshot, but I, I split my time because my fa- most of my family was still in the Bronx.
0: I mentioned after in the book in the memoir you when you tell that story about your uncle cuz sorry it was so good yeah. I I made a couple of notes and you Thank said you. that <laughs> you said that it marked the beginning of having to straddle multiple worlds which to me yeah. started to make sense as a viewer of the view and the way you handle mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. you just talked about how it became natural and necessary to juggle motherhood career loving and new and old friends and how when you moved to Manhattan your old friends in the Bronx was like oh you knew right? They, they still
5: trip on me. It's so funny. They're like, oh, you fancy now. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, because I have the same
0: friends. I have and the same friends. Getting jumped on um, the subway. I was like, Sonny, I got that. Is just I oof.
5: did. I got jumped on the subway.
0: Can, Can you please imagine? Tell the guys this story, please. Because oh. <laughs> I had the same I experience. I did. You did? It's horrible. So, That's you know, silence that silence that you experienced. Yes. Go ahead. It's horrible.
5: I, um, I used to have to take the subway, two subways, two trains um, from where I lived to this private school my father insisted on sending me to on Park Avenue. And it's like, I had never experienced anything like that. You know, it was cer- certainly not my world. and uh, But he wanted a better life for me. So they enrolled me in this, this private school with these fancy uniforms, but everybody else getting dropped off, you know, being driven there. And I'm taking the subway and I got the outfit on and you become a target immediately. You're you're just a target. So like I know streetways, but they knew that I was somehow different. And this group of girls would always get on a six train, they always got on a six train, and there was about six of them, and they would just taunt me. Oh, you this, you that. Look at where'd you get those shoes? Look at that uniform. Where you go to school? Blah, 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 blah. It was just constant. Think you cute because you like skin. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was constant, you know. And I had very long hair. My hair was like waist length. Mm -hmm. And they would say, um, you know, uh, look at that hair. That's why you think you're cute. And it it was constant. It was for about three or four months. And I realized we must have all gone to school in the same area. Because we were on the same train at the same time, trying to get to school, and I would try different cars, and they would just find me. They find me. Um, they find me, and I think it was just like their, their, you know, their morning fun, quite frankly. And then one day they were quiet, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's over." I literally, I, they literally, we get off of the, at the at the stop. This is sixty eighth Street, Manhattan, and they jump me. They take one of my i had like my braid and just cut it off just one wow so i got one long braid and just nothing i mean and i was so traumatized and and i had never really looked them in the face cuz that's new york real you don't look at the people in the face cuz cuz now you're challenging someone so i would mm-hmm. hear them and say but i would just just cursory glance so you know i ran to the school the school called the police and they kept on saying, do you want to identify them? I was like, one, I don't really, I didn't look them in the face. And two, can you imagine if I identified them? <laughs> no,
0: no, yeah.
5: You know, then I got to get on the train again. Yeah, <laughs> I just, that's like, not a good ride. <laughs> it's just not a good ride. Um, and so I spent the next, you know, I would say six months avoiding taking the train, walking to school, you know, walking miles to school, taking the bus, pretending to be ill, <laughs> I'd have to, you know, wow. my cousins were like, you know, trying to take me to school. Um, it was, it was, it was an interesting, you know, you're straddling two worlds. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I think so many of us, we call it code switching now, but um, I think many of us are, are, are sort of used to doing that. And I'm used to doing that on the view too. I mean, there are times I got to tell you, I feel like my head's going to explode explode. And I, I I we're feel yelling like at falling, the
0: TV and you calm. Yeah,
5: I feel like falling <laughs> back into a certain code, but I just know that it's not, it won't serve anybody well to, to do that.
0: But the theme is, is that you constantly do this. And even when you were describing the intricacies of being from a Puerto Rican side of the family and a family who is, is from the South and the difference yeah. between being the light-skinned cousin and the Negrita like yeah, the way you broke down and understood early your your position, and even though it upset you, but you were like, I, I get it.
5: Yeah, that, I get it. It's interesting when you I think when you live between worlds like that, you know, like uh, my father's family, he was the first one that didn't marry a black woman, and on uh, my mother's fa- in my mother's family, she was the first one that didn't marry somebody that was either Latino or white. Quite frankly, so they were, you know, so I was a unicorn and on my father's side they never accepted my mother. They they didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. And cuz he was like, you know, cream of the crop and why he had to marry her. And I think that happens with some southern mm-hmm. families and it's understandable given our history. And on my mother's side of the family, they they accepted him, but it was more like for me, I was always negrita. Negrita, negrita, even in Puerto Rico, negrita. And I, Spanish people will tell you that that's a term of endearment, but I don't think <laughs> it is. It don't is. sound like that to
4: us. <laughs> it not sound like that's, That sounds like nigger. Right. Yeah, <laughs>
5: <laughs> That sounds like me.
4: negrita, it's just nigger with sazon on it.
5: That, that's what it sounds like with a little bit of a on it. That's what it sounds like to me. And it always felt like that. And they were like, it's a term of endearment. I'm like, but it's race-based, it's color-based, I don't like it. And I would say all the time, don't call me that, you know, but they... Um, but they would Did and, they ever stop
0: uh, when you said, like, I just... um,
5: no, not when I was a kid, they don't dare now. Okay. Um, but you know, no, when I was a kid, no, it's like, that's a term of endearment. Just take it, just take it. And then you still hear it in the Latino community, okay. you know, negrita, negrita, negrita. And then on my father's side, it was always like, you know, they hated my mom or didn't like my mom. Hate is, is a strong word, but it was like, um, you know, most little girl, the pretty little girl, the pretty light skinned girl the girl with the good hair. And it's was like, so you don't like the marriage, but you are mm. exalting the product of the marriage. The
4: product of it, right.
5: That doesn't make any sense. So it was, it was sort of, I, was, I, I, I grappled with that my whole life. I didn't, I, I didn't quite understand it. And even today I write in the book about, um, I was with Anna Navarro, Don I Lemon. Yes, I
6: love the story. Yes, tell the story.
5: I was with Anna Navarro. I was with Don Lemon, um, Candy Carter, and uh, I think, just yeah, we were eating lunch together. Candy used to be, uh, she's now the executive producer at Tamron show, but she was my executive producer at The View. And uh, Candy's African-American. Y'all know Anna Navarro um, and, and yeah, y'all know Don. Of
4: course, Don. Nah, he's been tri- <laughs> he lately. he been, he done turned into Don Lemon Pepper as of late.
5: It's <laughs> I, I, real black now. I, 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 I'm, real I'm, black. Always goofing, I'm always goofing on him. I think he had a transformation in Ferguson when we were there and he got tea <laughs> <Yes>! um <laughs> We were both there, but he, uh, you know, we were talking and Anna was like, my real name is Asuncion. And, um, and was kind of like, you know, I never thought you were uh, Spanish. I was like, really? And, and she only seemed to figure it out when JLo's mom and I were talking, speaking in Spanish. P.S. Anna should know that your
0: viewers, we have, we observed that as well. I'm glad she came it, to her. You know what I'm
5: saying. I was like, wait, how 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 would you not know that you were with me at CNN? I mean, I've done hits for CNN Espanol. I don't I don't understand that. And I think for her, it was more like because I was always so vocal about the black community, and Trayvon, and I, she kind of thought, well, she's just black, like she couldn't be anything else, and then. So we, we kind of got over that and um, she said, but I apologize to you because I don't know. I, I just, I, I didn't see you as a multi-dimensional person. And then Candy said the same thing. Candy was like, well, I owe you an apology too, because she told me one day, I kept on wondering why when we were booking shows like MLK shows um, and, you know, uh, you other, other shows, they never asked me for my connects. I was like, why don't the bookers come to me? I mean, I know a lot of Black people. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> y'all can't find anybody? Why don't you come to me? Let me open up my Rolodex. And she kind of mentioned to me one day, she was like, well, you're not really Black. I was like, so Whoopi's the only Black person on the set? <laughs> I was like, it was just very surprising to me. And her opinion was she saw me as more Latina. And so you have these two women one black one's black one's latina i'm both and they are sort of erasing me from both communities
4: from both sides yeah
5: from both sides and then don lemon don and i've been friends a really long time uh probably maybe 20 years or so and he's just he was like welcome to sunny's world because i mean that's you know he's dealt with his own issues i think being a black man from the south and a gay man so he's he's yeah. traversing various worlds. Um and his fiance is white. So he certainly has to deal with um a lot of different different issues.
3: Well, once again, how exhausting is it? <laughs> exhausting. Very, very exhausting. exhausting. So what are what are family gatherings like now for you? Because mm-hmm. my dad
2: make it out in the kitchen. We already told that.
4: Exactly. <laughs> the smooching in the kitchen.
3: Well, yeah. no, no, no. I just mean that I man. love it. You know, there's a point where if a light shines with you or if there's a, a success in your life, then you'll see a lot of people's tunes start to change. Huh. Um, yeah. And I guess maybe I've just started to come to grips with how to even deal with that. Um,
6: yeah. you know,
3: I mean, no, I was always like a family black sheep. And then mm. now like weird, you. once you once you make it, then it's like. Hey, cousin Amira, Jay Z's coming to do 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 You do get I, those calls. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I was, was going to say, like, with those, d- do you attend? You know, mm-hmm. family reunions and those things, or? Yeah, you- I
5: didn't for a while. A while. Um, I didn't for a while, and then um, my my father's mother passed, and I saw everyone for the first time at uh, her funeral in a long time and I missed them very, very, very much. When my mother's mother passed, um, you know, unfortunately we get together, what weddings and funerals, a lot of families. Mm -hmm. And when my mother's mother passed, I realized how far apart I had sort of become from, you know, both sides of my family, just in terms of trying to work hard. And like you said, kind of being the black sheep, you know, The other, I think it's brought us closer um, now. I think their passing has brought us closer because now more than ever, I think we need our families. I think we need our support systems. Um, And when you are the one that makes it, I feel a certain sense of responsibility um, to help the others in my family that just haven't been able to do as well. You know, I got cousins in prison, I've got, you know, other cousins that just can't afford to put their kids through school and so I've stepped in the gap yeah. in the, in those places because I, I just I think when one of us makes it we can really make a change um, for our families so I, I, I have done that I've taken it upon myself to make sure that that I do that
4: so how exhausting is that because as a black Oof, person that's same. another side of it to be being it. the one who made it like
5: you the rich everybody? auntie now <laughs>
3: yeah I am. <laughs> for real I
5: support a lot of people
3: um, <laughs> or, yeah. what is your relationship with the word no um and i'm not asking as the host of this podcast i'm i need life lessons on this one
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: your
3: family listen well, to me or be careful
5: uh you I'm know real. i am i am not great at it i've mm. become better at no i'm i'm certainly good at no when i think that it's isn't good for the person asking. You know, I'm not going to help you if, if it's going to help you destroy yourself. Um, you need you need money for your next fix. You're not going to get it from me. But I, I I do have trouble saying no when I know I really shouldn't pile one more thing on my plate. I try to make the time and self care. I think is really important. And um, I don't. I know realize that I don't spend enough time doing that because you know if mommy unravels um or your wifey unravels everything unravels
4: yeah and the whole um, house fall down. What is ho-
5: everything your, falls apart and what i, is I, your I do things, well. Sunny? what is your self-care thing sonny
0: what is your self-care thing sonny because you do you're yeah. fighting fights all day you're okay. a whole wife and a whole mom and then you are yeah. a whole lawyer and then you
3: fight i for got my
5: chickens
3: you um, <laughs> have it I, I got 15 and no I'm fox <laughs> i I, I stayed at a place that once had seven. yeah, and then rac- raccoons I didn't know how like vile foxes mm-hmm. and raccoons are like they've done they, are,
5: they go they go they come right underneath. They even have things <laughs> called chicken moles that just they just like to eat chicken and like yeah. you know attack chickens. Well we have we've we lost a few at first. Um, and then my husband he's really handy and, and can fix anything. He put like the steel gauge mesh underneath the coop, the mesh, yeah. underneath the, the the chicken run, um, and so we were good for a while. And then we decided to they, they should free range because we live we live outside the city. Um, <laughs> we were letting them free range, and then we had a hawk attack. We had a oh. hawk incident.
6: Oh, <laughs> these chickens, poor chickens! Chickens were, yeah. chickens were <laughs> flying
5: everywhere. I couldn't believe it. I was screaming. A hawk there incident. Feathers <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Now, like oh, ridiculousness.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, chickens got chickens got them coming from above, from yeah. underneath, from yes. the side, they were from everywhere. Where? <laughs> oh different. man, they,
5: they say hawks are supposed to be hunt. They supposedly hunt I and mean, uh, that solitary uh, hunters. But there were there was more than one um, hawk. Um, my my vet said it's um, possible that there was like a mother hawk teaching a baby hawk. But anyway, teaching the babies. Um,
4: yeah, wait,
3: you're not <laughs> teach- Ridge, are you in Pound Ridge?
5: No, I'm in, but I'm in Westchester
0: County. That's
3: by <laughs> you, right, Amir? Is that close? That's you too, yep. Bill. Right? I'm, I'm in Pound Ridge, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm out they, here. <laughs> they've been doing that to me too. Yeah.
0: So, can I just say, speaking of hawks, Sunny, I wanted you to share with the guys um, your initial list for a mate. Um, um, yes. Uh, in Good the book, segue, and I, I I know that because Sunny hawked down, she hawked down on her husband Manny. Um, I did. <laughs> and that
5: needs <laughs> and I know
0: that Bill and Fonte will find this fascinating.
5: I did. I did. I found him in church. I say we met in church. Oh, you did. What does he, he say? Says, what does he say? We did meet in
0: church. You did okay. not meet him. You didn't meet in church. No, you no, you saw him in church. We met there. Okay. <laughs> what are you <laughs> saying? Our, <laughs> our
5: souls met there. You see oh. what I'm saying? Well, gosh. <laughs> because, well, <laughs> well, what had happened, what happened was that my mother oh, yeah. said that my problem was that I didn't go to church enough. That's why I couldn't meet any good men. Because I was a serial dater. I was I was dating a lot of athletes and, and musicians and stuff like that. I won't tell <laughs> you which Summer. musicians. <laughs> I won't tell you which ones. But um, uh-huh. here goes my husband peeking, poking in his head. Yeah.
0: Hey, did man. Did we meet <laughs> in
5: church?
2: <laughs> did, did
5: meet in church. He just said, that's right, sweetheart. Uh,
2: so, sweet. Um, <laughs> marriage. Sweet marriage. Okay. 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 See,
5: he knows. So I decided I was training for a marathon, and uh, I was in my sweats, like, you know, training outfit, and I, I ran into a church just to kind of just Jones on my mother just to, you know, goof on her and call her back and say, yeah, I met the priest in the church. And I sat in the <laughs> back and, and these two fine men walk in. And I was like, oh, they're nice looking men in the church. Now my husband goes to church every Sunday, uh, but he goes to church in a suit. And so he had a suit on. And it turns out that the church was across the street from Johns Hopkins University where he was in uh, medical school. But I didn't I didn't oh, know wow. that, okay. I, you know, because I was kind of new in town in Baltimore. And uh, I did stay at the church and I went, you know, listened to everything. And then I follow him outside of the church. Of
0: course, she made him. Wait, now, now, did she meet him yet, y'all? Did she meet him yet?
3: <laughs> no, no, no I, she, I did meet yeah, him. She's, no, she's still in the stalking process. <laughs> she's going to meet him. Best, no, best, best, best.
0: I met
5: him in the church. <laughs> so then I, I uh, after we met in the church, then I followed him to the the bagel shop and I approached him and uh, I said, "Hi, I'm new in town." And I said, "Wasn't that? Wasn't this the sermon? The homily so beautiful in the church?" And he was like, you were in the church? I said, I, I was. But he just kept on looking at me because I had a ridiculous outfit on. I mean, I had, you <laughs> know, I was sweaty. I mean, I looked crazy, but I was in the church. And um, he was a little bit dismissive, but he had everything I wanted because I always wanted a man of faith. I found out at the bagel shop that he was in medical school, so he had something he wanted to do. You know, he was, he was on a track of, of um, having job. a career. Right. I wanted someone that smoke, spoke more than one language. That was important to me. Found out that he was born in Spain. Uh, his mother's from Spain. His father's from Haiti. So he spoke Spanish. Spanish was his first language. Check. Then, check. check, then, so I got three checks now. Then I said, well, where are you from? Cause I was like, you know, maybe he's from a corny place and maybe he won't have like a vibe. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I was born in Spain, but then uh, we moved to New York. So I was like, check, 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 he got that. <laughs>
2: And he, he like liked he, bagels, you, you know, yeah. Yeah. church and bagels, bagels in the same day.
5: And, I mean, it's so good. <laughs> then he said uh, we started talking about where he was, you know, went to school, whether or not he pledged. He was like, yeah, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi oh, fraternity. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, my God.
6: AKA.
5: I was like it's just so good. <laughs> and um, I did. will, will say I, I always said that um, my husband had to be over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm I'm not short. Um he 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 did not meet that 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 one qualification, but I didn't really notice it then because I was all I saw was shininess, because he's very good looking in the face and he walks real tall and he's real muscular. So I really didn't notice the height until later. So I had to give that up.
3: At the
2: altar. Are you taller than hey, man? Basically. I'm not We're all the same I'm, height laying down.
0: I, That's right. I, I'm taller than him <laughs> if I have heels on. Yes, I am. For real. Got mm-hmm. 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 one of those, Sonny. It's all right. If, if it's, all, it's I, never,
5: the noticed. High, I all- never noticed. I never noticed. I never noticed. But I called my friend. and I was like, I met my husband. He don't know it yet. And she was like, Oh, so he must do this. He speaks Spanish. He's from New York. He's this and he's what is he six four? I was like, mm. <laughs>
2: You're like he good in the face.
5: <laughs> I, I was like he's real good in the face. The grill is working. I was like everything is good. <laughs> but I don't think he's over six feet. So, mm. but we did meet in church.
3: <laughs> this sounds like one of those Rudy Bud. This is one of those Rudy Bud moments.
5: Yes. Yes.
6: <laughs> yes.
3: Of course, uh, yeah. I guess your entry to where you are now starts with law school. Will you? Yeah. Can you say that? Is is it that your that you're the manifestation of your parents' uh, mm-hmm. dream to become that professional? Like, are you the result of that? Did, how did you even get? How oh, did you yeah. have interest in in justice? And, and it, was, the-
5: it was my mother. I actually wanted to be a broadcast journalist and my mother freaked out. She was like, what is that? Que eso? eso? And I was like, "This is, you know, you, you report the news on TV, but you got to think in the eighties, there weren't, you know, this wasn't like Oprah, you know, Oprah wasn't who she became. And, mm-hmm. um, I think in New York there was like Carol Jenkins, but there there just wasn't a lot of representation. I mean, there still isn't, but there just wasn't a lot of representation in media. And um, she she thought that the best way to financial security, especially for a woman, law medicine, law medicine. She became a teacher, and she was like, "You gotta, you you need to become a lawyer." She's like, "You like to talk a lot, you like to argue a lot, you got all A's. That's what you got to do." And so I took the LSAT it's what was fascinating was i loved law school but i would not have thought of it if not for my mother because i did argue all the time and i felt terrible like when i saw the inequity it bothered me it bothered me but i wanted to tell those stories as opposed to fighting for it in the courtroom and i think it was certainly my mother because she lived a dream deferred because that's what she wanted to do
3: right is that just a myth our parents sold us? Because now mm-hmm. there are, <laughs> I, have, I have to say that outside of the entertainment profession, a lot of my friends are those medical students yeah. and those uh, law students. Either yeah. I played a, a spring fling 20 years ago, like the roots did mm-hmm. something and then I got to know them professionally, whatever. And none of them seem to be living. This-
6: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it.
3: Let's talk about Let's it. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Is is that a lie that America has taught us? Because what's weird is when I last went to Cuba. Osby's. I'm sorry, the Huxtables.
0: I'm sorry, the Huxtables. The, right. the The Huxtables.
3: Hux- yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. But when <laughs> I last went to Cuba, uh, my connect there told me that Parents groom their kids to be in the hospitality. Because uh, uh. when you're a driver, when you're a taxi driver, especially with the way that the economy mm. is there, you can, you can, you're rich. Mm. Like a guy like mm. me comes to Cuba and rents a driver for a week, and that's damn near like a year's worth of pay for him. Whereas wow. none the doctors, none of the doctors Right,
0: because they get paid the same thing as Socialized the trash
3: medicine, man. medicine, right? Yeah, yeah. socialized medicine. So, yeah, like is mm. do lawyers kick him the the dough as we've been <laughs> told and fed this way?
5: You can make a significant amount of money as a lawyer. Um I know when I first got out of law school, I went to a law firm and I mean I was making a ton of money. I hated working there. I didn't like it. What kind of um, law were you doing now? I was, pra- I was practicing litigation, medical malpractice, insurance defense. Um, and so you, it, 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 it wasn't necessarily boring, but you're basically sold to the highest bidder, right? So mm-hmm. you've got these corporations that can pay you to defend their, their maldeeds, their, their misdeeds. Uh, yeah. And I just felt like I didn't go to law school and do as well as I did to defend this. I, just, I didn't feel good. It didn't, it didn't feel right, but you can't, you can do quite well. Um, and I think we, we have been, and, me, you know, medical doctors, they don't do as well as they used to do because of insurance companies, mm-hmm. but it's, it was, a, it's sort of a solid living, right? It's like a safe,
2: it's a real it's job.
5: A, it's, it's, a, it's a safe job. It's a safe job. And I mean, my husband's a surgeon, he loves it, but both of his parents are doctors as well. Sister's a doctor, you know. It's sort of the family business in a sense. But his his parents are immigrants, and that was the dream. You know, you go, you become a doctor, you're gonna and go to America. You're gonna do really well, and they did. But I, I think I don't think that as people of color, we had we had the. Um, my parents at least felt as people of color, we didn't have the ability to to dream like that. Like you're, you're going to try to do what? After we've struggled and skimped and you know saved uh, to put you through school, that's what you're going to do. You want to be on TV? It just it it made no sense to them. That that that's like a recipe for failure. You could fail doing that, but if you go to law school and 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 do well, you can get a job. It's like punching a ticket.
3: It's
0: it seems that's the safe way
3: to do it. Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> but in the,
0: in a remix though now, Sonny, it's funny. I was listening. I was talking to a girlfriend whose whose son is in college, and she mm-hmm. was having a conversation with him about how we were. Traditionally, we are told to go to college, and now these kids these days are like, "No, wait a minute! I don't necessarily have to go to college because I can. I learned how to code to do this. I can do this. So, do you feel like at the same time? Yeah, we're all being. It's like now it's another era of reprogramming, right?
5: It it definitely is another era. I mean, you know, I'm raising these these Generation Z kids. Right. Um, How old are
4: are your kids, Sonny?
5: Seventeen and fourteen.
4: Oh, okay. And, He's about the same age as mine. Mine are 19 yeah, and 14.
5: Right. They're you know, yeah. they, they are different um, because they have so much information at their fingertips. Um, they're not looking through encyclopedias. And I, I feel it's a double-edged sword because my son, who's very bright, will like say something. And I'm like, where did you get that? And he thinks like he he thinks he can he knows more about, you know, an orthopedic injury than his father because he mm-hmm. googles something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he knows a little better than I do because he Googled okay. something. So they have they have this um, cavalier attitude, I think sometimes towards information, but I do think that um, they realize that the world is pretty broad and you know, that they can, there are a lot of opportunities for them. He he even mentioned at one point, you know, not everybody needs to go to college, right. but I will tell you my reaction was you need to go to college. <sighs> Because I still think (laughs) that if you can, and not everyone can, because it's too, it's overpriced and um, it's not accessible to everyone. And I don't think everyone was meant to go to school, you know, to go to college. You don't necessarily need it. But I think if you can, it's education can still be um, an equalizer. I do believe that it can still be an equalizer. At least it was for me. And it can provide tremendous opportunity. And it, a, a lot of it is socialization, the people that yep. you meet
4: there. That's the big part. Yeah, yeah
0: it really is a network. But, Our first but
4: network. But now even that's being redefined yeah. that now that everyone is doing, we're all Zoom. doing it from home now. So, yes, you know, what is Which, college in 2020, 2021? You know what I mean? It's, right. it's a different thing.
5: It's a different thing. Well, I'll tell you, my son decided to take a gap year instead of starting college because he was like my husband was dancing up and jumping up and down because he didn't want to pay the money anyway, but he was (laughs) like for virtual. And uh, for us, you know, I thought, well, why should he go to a college and sit in the dorm room and, you know, not, and be alone in the dorm room. And then all the classes were going to be virtual and he was going to eat in his dorm room. There, There was really not the real college experience. So he decided to to take a gap year because of. Um, I think twenty twenty is
4: everybody's gap year. This is all of us.
0: Did y'all see that episode of Black-ish? That's like a whole thing for Black people now. Oh, I didn't even though we we're doing that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the gap year, oh, the gap
4: year thing.
5: Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the gap year. Yeah. When he first mentioned it to us, we were like, "You are not Malia Obama, okay? <laughs> I am not the first lady, and that's what that's you're heart. not gonna do." Yeah, gap year. I was a little. I was a little uncomfortable with it, but. It made sense after a while.
2: It's like high school extended. You know what else? I think I think I think
3: Gen Z is also the first generation that you know. My parents were definitely the the product of you know safety and security and get Mm -hmm. a good job and da 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 da. -da, Yeah, have something to fall back on that sort of thing. Exactly. I think that Gen Z on will go with their first instincts, their first passions, Mm -hmm. and yes. Roll with it, cause yeah, you and I basically mm-hmm. like the same thing. Like my dad had plans for me to do something way different, and mm-hmm. you know I had to hide for a long time that I was in a rap group and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Now, Gen Z, they
4: about it. They about it. They've been Gen Z. They've been watching police. They've been watching police snuff videos since they was twelve. So you know, yeah. what I mean, like yeah. it's true. So they you know what i mean They, they, they the youngers, they bowed it yeah they so wait it.
0: so let me ask y'all a question on the sense of that because since they are reprogramming reprogramming the whole way we're supposed to think now even on the subject of like race and sex mm. i was gonna ask sonny how, how how you feel about that because it's interesting i was just i was watching um i don't know if y'all watch the show i may destroy you or whatever it's a, mm-hmm. I haven't a watched it. i'm waiting for the
4: finish i was gonna just take them all yeah. in.
0: okay well there's just an episode it's just interesting the way that they're redefining uh Sex, sexual assault, things of these nature. And they were taught, talk- and the it was an episode where the girl was having sex with someone willingly, and he took the condom off, right? And mm. so she was like, you assaulted me, right? Now, yeah. rewind 10, 15 mm. years ago, we would just be like, that motherfucker's an asshole. Fuck you, right? But now these kids are like, no that's assault. And yeah. it's just, everything is different. Like this language from sex, race, everything is just, do you find yourself since you're on TV every day ha- playing this catch up game of trying to figure Absolutely.
5: out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know how and, to think no more.
0: How do you think?
5: You know, I, I try to remain enlightened. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to plug in all the time and, and get the information and make sure that, um, that I'm growing along with, with every movement. Um, I will say, you know, I think it's really difficult to parent during these times because, you know, it's it's your it's your worst nightmare that and a boy um, and a girl.
0: So, that's... yeah,
5: all, you know, some of, you know, your 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 child's accused of assault or your child is assaulted or um, not understanding, you know, the new societal norms. Um, mm. I, I, I spend a lot of time. <laughs> Talking about consent, talking about what assault is, talking about respect, talking about, you know, they go to a very progressive school, though. So um, the school covers a lot of those issues, which is which is good. But I spent a lot of time um, trying to be informed and try to and making sure that they are informed, because I I think people are very awake Mm -hmm. to their rights, which is a good thing. and to to be ever changing, you know, we got into an argument like this on the show, but like, what is PC? I'm like, you know, <laughs> in my view, you know, people used to be able to say whatever they wanted uh, to other people. And now mm-hmm. people are like, no, nah, don't say that to me. And I, I, I think respect is at the core of so many things. And I, I, I've been making sure that the, my kids really fundamentally understand other people's rights and respect that cuz that that's where i think we we're we're just missing we're we're losing a lot in terms of our respect for each other and we know it comes from the top we know what what we're seeing lately but that's a fundamental
3: problem if i heard correctly you said that your kids are 17 and 14 yeah yeah it might be the norm right now but if you can go back to like 2016 november of 2016 mm. Mm. (laughs) how how did you explain to them suddenly what was happening? Like, I can't even imagine viewing the world, especially coming from where they came, where they were of formative age coming up in the Obama years. Yeah, uh, no way am I ever saying that that was a rosy time either. But it seemed like a more manageable time, and it seemed like we were headed in the right direction. It yeah.
5: And I mean, fun. it's what was wonderful, wasn't it? That that, that I, I felt it was wonderful that my children had for their first for their cognitive years. They saw black president. Yeah. I, right. I thought it was wonderful.
3: You know, how do you explain life to them now that the rug has seemingly been pulled from underneath them or even not even 2016? Like the idea of the riots. And mm, like, yeah. how do you how do you explain that to them?
5: Well, my children um, probably because of their mommy um, are, are very, uh, are social um, activists um, and they're advocates. You know, my son was involved in a sit-in at his school a couple years ago. Um, they're very well read. In fact, it was part of his, uh, it, it got so much press that it had to become part of his college essay. And when he was interviewed, almost every college interview brought, brought it up and brought up this, this question. You know, like what, what made you want to become an activist? And, and his, his answer really was that he felt that there was a backlash to the fact that there was a black president and my, my kids were, um, very, very noticeably shaken by the back, what they perceived as a backlash. And, and my, my daughter who's, she's only 14, um, but she said, she feels that this sort of you know there's like a pendulum that swings mm-hmm. and that there were people in our country that felt that obama being president for eight years took the pendulum too far too so now they far can bring to the, it left, all the
4: way back. <laughs> and they wanted
5: to bring it all the way back and that was a really interesting perspective that i hadn't even thought of that way that no. that's why we're seeing these extremes mm-hmm. because they thought that that was that extreme mm-hmm. um So so I will say, I don't even know that I had to reconcile it for them. I think because they have so much information and they're so interested in the information, at least my children, they formulated their own opinions early, very early. I remember in in November, 2016, I was bereft. I was very upset (laughs) and, uh, you know, they were like, how could this happen? He's such a joke. He said horrible things. Who would vote for him? There were things like that, you know. They were like, but he didn't. He didn't really win. Like they, they were trying to really right. make sense of the process. Um, even then, even in two thousand and sixteen.
3: Um, wow. Well, so. uh, it should be noted that you at least had your parents' cake and you ate it too um, yeah. by stepping into uh, the, the television journalism world. Starting with Court TV and I, <laughs> Riley factor. Um I know. yeah, like okay, so what was the deciding <laughs> the factor that you should take this to a higher level and kind of get to your dreams? Like what was the what was that moment where you were where obviously you were like, you know, well I am going to pursue journalism and yeah. sort of dabble I'm in law. Do it.
5: it was And I write in the book that um, I always know when I'm in the right place, when it feels like home, when it feels right, when I'm comfortable, it feels good. Um, The law firms didn't feel good. The Justice Department felt good. It felt like I was doing the good work, making good trouble. Mm -hmm. But then after I had um, my first child, I was really blowing in the wind. And I went back and went to another law firm, making a lot of money, which was stupid, to go back to a place I knew I wouldn't feel like home. And um, I was searching, but in the back of my mind, I have to tell you, I, I knew that I needed to follow my passion. And um, I went to uh, a meeting of lawyers and had the good fortune of meeting a television producer there from Court TV who said, you've got to, um, you know, you should be on television. And I took that opportunity and I seized it and I really never let it go. I just I just never let it go. And I just kept on doing it. And I kind of got discovered that way, which is unusual, right? You know, you meet mm-hmm. you meet a television producer, and you're on TV the next week, and then it never it, it never goes away. Um, and I feel like that's because it was my true calling, and it was something that I was supposed to do. But I also had the benefit of being married to an orthopedic surgeon who could pay the bills and mm-hmm. who could
4: hold it down,
5: hold it down for me, and who was willing to do that. Because he basically, we had a talk, and I was like, I think I'm leaving this law firm, and this has been a dream of mine, and I want to do it. And he basically said, all right, let's talk tonight. Got home, pulled up budgets, and pulled up savings accounts, and he was like, okay. And he had just started his own practice. And he was like, well, you know, I, and we had just bought a house, and we just had a baby, two babies at that point. And he said, I could hold it down for about three years. You think you could, you think you could make it in three years? You make, you think it, you could make, make it make what you're making then. now yeah. three years? And I said, "Yeah, I think I can." He said, "Then do it."
4: Oh man, now, that's, communication. That, that's some good. That's
5: significant, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I want to thank significant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know that a lot of people would, you know.
4: So and he may have, been, he may have been short, but he wasn't short on cash. No, he <laughs> and the moral to this story. <laughs> yeah.
0: And to the baby journalists out there too, Sonny, not to say that you were also like still doing the work. Like you were going to NABJ. You was doing some of the stuff that the say, all these other baby journalists are doing too.
5: Yes. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. And I continue to do it. I continue to go to NAHJ. Still go to NAB?
0: Yes!
5: I go to NH, NAHJ. I do. I, I continue to go Forgot to, those, I, that, go to yeah. yeah. I go to local meetings. I go. You got. You have to. You have to do it. You have to do the work. You know, I, I text oh, I people. What do you think Jeez. about this? What do you think about that? You know, I mean, now I have just a wonderful circle of, of you know, other sister girl journalists who, you know, we're we're actually on this text chain and we go back and, and political um, journalists as well. We go back and forth, you know, can you review this for me? What do you think about this position? What do you think about that? And it's uh you know, Joy Reid has been a wonderful. I was just about to
0: ask you, how was that wonderful Zoom party? Source. I was about to say, how, <laughs> how was that Zoom party first week when she broke their records? I just, in my it mind. Was so good. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then Sunny, too, we in my mind. We had a good time. The first show that she did with all the, the Black mares, I was like, oh, they couldn't wait to do her episode. They was we, like, girl, we, what you need us we for? We were right? all watching together. It was so amazing. You know,
5: we popped champagne with Joy after. Um, yes. You know, and she's been she's been great. She's not only a friend, but an inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. she's doing such amazing things, amazing work. But I, I, I have that circle that I can still depend on and count on. Um, and I, I say young journalists, you, you've got to keep that network tight and, and, and help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's important.
3: Yeah. I I, since you're probably the only person that uh I know of uh, that I'm in conversation with that is any proximity uh <laughs> towards the Fox building yeah I have to ask, all right, in general, is it is is there general modus operandi that they believe what they're saying or they know better but will still say toxic talking points? For the sake of their bottom line, which is, and specifically, uh, uh, you know, I know that you were a pundit. I don't even want to mm-hmm. paint that you were. Oftentimes, you were debating against. Yeah. What you know? First of all, how do they find? Do they find legitimate people that have, like, how do how did they journalistic backgrounds? Yeah.
5: Yeah, they found they found me on Court TV. Um, they they saw me on Court TV. Um, yes, there are some legitimate people. I mean, I mean, Chris Wallace is there. I, mm-hmm. I actually think he's one of the finest journalists <laughs> out there today. I thought Shep Smith was great as well, and I worked with him. I thought he was, he was excellent. I think it's a mixed bag over there. I think there are some people who are saying these irresponsible things um, that aren't as talented as they should be, and they're doing it for ratings and um, for their bottom line. Um, I also think there are some that really believe that, that are indoctrinated and and truly, truly believe it. Uh, My experience there was that you'd walk in the building and there was a collective, there were collective points that they wanted to make that day. Collective points, like on whiteboards. These are the three points and themes that everyone is going to um, cover in their shows in various ways. Pundits are gonna to talk to it, guests are gonna to speak to it, the anchors are going to pontificate about it. And it, they were marching orders. That's when Ailes was there, maybe different now, but those were the marching orders and everybody marched to those orders. It was it was like sort of a monolithic view and that was Roger Ailes's view. And then they they would have a couple people like me maybe Juan williams to kind of mix it up a little bit. So that's
3: one sided okay.
5: Yeah, but by but. and large um I think it's a mixed bag and that some people just do it for ratings, but they they all and 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 if you're doing it in my opinion for just ratings, you've sold your soul. You know, you're just you're just inauthentic. Um it, you're you're even worse than the people that really believe it, right? Um right. and and then there are people that that I believe really believe it
3: i do so th- knowing the fight and the struggle that we have uh in the next four months and what's
6: mm.
3: working against the the fight and whatnot um you know how do you see where journalism be it news sources, be it the blogosphere, be it uh podcasts be it uh Talk shows, discussion shows, which there are plenty of now on television. Um, mm. How do you, how do you feel as though how effective that they will be? Uh, oh
5: well, very effective. We know that. Um, we know Fox has been extraordinarily effective, and and we know um, there are other programs that are extraordinarily effective. I will say this: I think that um, there's a difference between journalism and punditry right journalism and and commentators journalists and commentators and um it's the line is so blurry for people intentionally so that um the media and and uh, network news and uh cable news we all have to be very careful um i think uh, and and letting people know that this is a piece of commentary this is an opinion piece. This is an op-ed as opposed to these are this the is facts. A yeah. Yes. These are the facts. No networks um, that, do that though.
0: No network. I networks.
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm finding, you know, by and large, and I, I was talking to a couple of my journalist friends, TJ Holmes. I don't know if you know him, and Robin course. Roberts and, uh, and, um, Pierre Thomas. Um, you know, these are journalists and they're really concerned about that too. Lindsay Davis, who who, um, moderated one of the debates, I think she was really our best moderator um, that we've seen in the debates. She had that fly white suit. But, um, you know, journalists need to continue doing that job. Just the facts, ma'am. And I also think there is an important space um, for shows like my show. I mean, when I'm not reporting on something, I am giving my opinion. The view is an opinion show. And we make it clear that that these are our opinions. These are our views. There's a really important place for that to have that lively discussion so that you can hear those views, but then make your mind up yourself. I try to be very fact based in my arguments on the view, (laughs) not emotion. Right. Because (laughs) facts, Trump, emotion, no pun intended, every single time, every single time you come at me with your emotional argument. I'm going to tell you, but these are the facts. Boom 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 boom. Can I and tell so, you
0: the best example but, of, I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean I was just gonna tell you yes. the best example of that was that conversation between Tiff, I want to say Tiffany Cross. Is that oh, her name? Yeah. It? Tiffany great. Cross and Whoopi Goldberg about yeah. why we need, and I know you've been very vocal on their needs to be black female VP and yeah. the way she not
5: woman of her. color, black. Woo! Woo! Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah.
0: because of course Miss Duckwater will make a great secretary of defense and she would. Excellent. And she would. But we need
5: a black agenda. We need a reconciliation for the black community. You know one thing that's really fascinating to me about this this discussion of of Black BP, and I have been very vocal. I was we were the first group um, to write an op-ed in The Washington Post about the need for um, uh, we started that conversation. It was I wrote it with uh, Tiffany. I wrote it with um, Angela Rye, Amanda Seals, uh, Brittany Packet Cunningham. Who's brilliant, um, mm. Latasha Brown? Who's one of the co-founders of um, Black Lives Matter, and we got together. We're on a thread, talking bad. <laughs> we got to make this happen, um, and we all agreed. Um, and I, I reached out to um, you know Donna Brazile, Minnie Moore, all these uh, people, and we you know we have a we have a, a black women think tank. We really do, and it was. We need, he's promised this black Supreme Court justice. That's great. But you're not getting the black Supreme Court justice unless you have the Senate. Okay. So, so that's, that's a illusory promise. What we need is representation at the table, at the table in the white house. And because black women are the backbone of the democratic party Brought Joe Biden to the barbecue, resurrected his campaign in South Carolina.
0: Hey,
6: Simone. What's up, (laughs) Simone?
5: (laughs) Oh, I've spoken to her as well. We deserve that seat at the table. And for people to say somehow that it's not about race and it's about the most qualified, we've been hearing that argument all the time. And the other thing is, every single voting block with power has a lobby. And makes demands before they will provide their vote, right? So you've got the gun lobby, you've got the evangelicals, right now. all
6: those yeah, groups maybe not.
5: will right. say, we will <laughs> right. support you, Not maybe not the gun lobby now, but right. we will support you if you give me this. Why is it when Black women say... We will support you. We will organize. We will bring our husbands and our Mm. children and our sisters and our parents to vote during a global pandemic, risking our lives. But you must give us this representative in the White House. We are somehow asking for too much. We're not doing anything else that any other voting bloc with power does. So I, I just, I don't understand why there's been such pushback with that demand, because it's not a request. They're not used
6: to us asking for stuff or demanding stuff.
5: It's not a request. It's a demand um, that any other strong voting bloc makes. And now is the time, because once he's in the White House, I mean, the the Black agenda, uh, what what is really the Black agenda? And if you've read Joe Biden's um, agenda, it's okay. It's a little squishy. It's not as specific as it should be. And, you know, he has, he's an imperfect candidate and he has a lot to atone for when it comes to the treatment of Anita Hill and it comes to the crime bill and yes, it comes to mass about incarceration. Yes. <laughs> he has a lot to atone for. And I think because, you know, no other candidate in the past 50 years, Democratic candidate has won without the black vote. He needs to win overwhelmingly. Because if not, the current occupant in the White House is going to have to be, you know, it's not going to want to yeah. get out. Black people got to risk their lives to vote now. Got to stand in lines because of COVID, because of all the attack on on, on mail-in voting. And we're, I don't think people are going to be as energized with Tammy Duckworth. With,
3: no. You know, anybody else. Don't somebody we need
0: to in the yeah. senate though i'm yeah, what, concerned i think she
2: should. Yeah, what do you think I about like, vice like presidents
3: and yeah either in the senate or as attorney general or you know
5: you know i think that um kamala we've seen her she is certainly the, uh, the prosecutor in chief um i know her i think you know california is a lock for a democratic senator yeah. i'm not concerned about kamala being in the senate i think she can be much more effective um, as vice president and I, I I'd like to see her debate vice president pence Um, I think she's a really strong candidate in terms of being ready to occupy the, occupy the oval Because not everyone you know is joe biden is not immortal and i'm not an ageist, sure. but he is going to be 78 And what he needs to think about is not the next four years He needs to think about the next eight and the next 12, because in three and a half years, the Trump administration has undone eight years of what the Obama administration did or was allowed to do. Nice. So, you know, you need someone that's able to kind of step in. And right. I just don't know that, you know, and, and step in and run because she has run the AG's office. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she she has the experience to run out of all the candidates that I've seen. Um, I think she has she has the experience to run a country. That that's just my
4: take. What what are your thoughts on Val Demings? I thought she was you she's know great. her and I've You know what I mean? I was like that's I've interviewed you know.
5: Val. I think she's great. Um I think if you look at, at Val's um law enforcement record, it's a little problematic. It's a little yeah. prob-
4: <laughs> it, can, it can be problematic. <laughs> more than <laughs>
5: More than, <laughs> than <laughs> who's?
4: More than commonless.
5: Yes, yes. Yes. Right. You got some research yes. I to mean, do. If, you, okay. if you look at Kamala's, I've read Kamala's book. And the thing is, you know, you, you get the Black prosecutors get a certain rap.
0: Talk about it, Sonny.
5: <laughs> yeah. Black prosecutors get a certain rap, right? Because unfortunately, there is the problem of mass incarceration. We know that Black men are twice as likely as white men to get um, uh, arrested. We know about broken window policing. And so that's a systemic problem. And when you're a prosecutor, you have to enforce the law. Laws are changed through legislation. Prosecutors don't get to change the law. What you do get to do is you get to make, uh, you have prosecutorial discretion. So, you know, when I was a prosecutor, there were, if I saw some uh, someone, a cop comes to me and he's got a confession, but the mugshot shows that the guy has two black eyes, I'm not taking that case to trial. Yeah. Even if I think, huh, You know, he probably did it. If I only have that confession and he's been beaten up to get it, I have the discretion to say, this is not how you get to police. If you look at what Kamala did, she um, really was instrumental in changing the way things were done in California to her credit, working within that system. Because sometimes you can't just blow up systems. You have to work within it. So I often say, you know, the black prosecutor, prosecutors, the 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 person with the most power in the room. People think it's the judge. It ain't the judge. People think, oh, I got to get a good defense attorney. You need a prosecutor on that side of the table in that courtroom to make the right charging decisions, to make the right uh, sentencing recommendation. That's who you need. I will tell you that in my time as a prosecutor, I didn't charge people who Um, you know, I, I put people in drug diversion programs. I looked at the whole person because I'm from those neighborhoods. I know the decisions that people make, um, are not just because they're inherently bad. Um, I know, you know, some of them are born in poverty. I, I, I know what goes into all of this. So, um, I, I think that, however, when you look at Val Deming's record, um, there were, um, a lot of problems in her police department. But she had the ability to change that. And a lot of those changes didn't necessarily happen. Um, so I-, I think she's a great candidate. Um, but she's, you know, she's going to come up, uh, if he chooses her, it's going to be a little problematic when it comes to her history um, with law enforcement, considering the reckoning that's going on now in our country.
0: For that, Sunny. You did the same thing for me for, with Amy Klobuchar. You just- like well, nah. like,
4: oh no, Clovo cop do cause it's a rap. <laughs> cause, but,
5: but that's interesting. Do you know that before I interviewed her, um, people say it was cross examination. I single handedly undid her compa- campaign, and her campaign was very upset after her appearance on our show. I mean, she was never questioned about her prosecutorial background in the way that Kamala was. She was never questioned about it until she came on the show. And do you know how I found out about it? They buried. Mm-hmm. Her team had buried that case, uh, Mayan Burrell's case. Black activists DM'd me, DM'd me on social media and said, we hear that Amy's going on the show. Can I send you some documents about a case? I said, sure. Send and sometimes I don't even look at Twitter. I don't even look at everything. You know, I just happened to be looking at it. And I, I, re- I, my husband will tell you, I mean, I was up all night. I could, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my god!" And you know, I think her campaign felt that I ambushed them. Mm-hmm. And I heard there's a CNN document or HBO Max documentary now, and CNN told some of their reporters that they can't believe they got scooped by a talk show host, which was kind of infuriating because <laughs> I'm, I am a legal journalist, former yeah. federal prosecutor. So I was like, "What are they talking about?" Putting respect on my uh, name. Yeah, come on now. And you, you worked know, on but, CNN,
0: so I'm gonna need them to write
5: like and, and I worked there, and you know it is the number one talk show in the country. Right. Um, that but, part. Um, Flex. Yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I was surprised that um, I was the first journalist to bring it up. Thank you. But everybody was bringing up Kamala's record. Mm-hmm. So black women do get examined in a in a way that's very different than white women, especially uh, during this time of vetting. And um, I think Valerie Jarrett just came out with an initiative for the media called something like, We Have we have Her Back. And they're saying if he picks a woman, especially a woman of color media, you are to um, profile and report accordingly. Not like you, like you did to, to Michelle
0: Obama. You. Yeah,
5: you are to do um, your jobs professionally and ethically. And I think it was really important for her to say that because I I do not think that Kamala, I don't think that um, Representative Bass, I don't think that Stacey Abrams um, got got, uh, Val Demings, got um, appropriate treatment in the media. I really don't believe they did.
3: oftentimes when I do watch news programs, sometimes I just wish that, and I know that we're supposed to, you know, when they go low, we go high, end quote. Still quote. doing that?
6: No,
3: fuck all that. <laughs> but, well, I'm just saying that, you know, can't we and we as in whoever we we is in 2020 (laughs) like why aren't we playing as dirty or as devious and i don't mean as
4: effective even yeah as effective as as
3: effective as it's almost like we already know that we already know what's in line Mm -hmm. to ensure another four years Mm -hmm. in november and it's kind of like watching those old, you know, dully Do Right, <laughs> Snively Whitlash situations, where you know our future is on this uh, uh, conveyor belt headed towards a mule saw thing, and you know, <laughs> it's it's why can't we play as dirty? Why can't we? You know, that's too loaded of a.
5: No, it's not for, for me. You know, Joy Behar and I talk about this all the time. She's like, when they go low, we need to go lower. lower. You know, yes. She's she's pugilistic, <laughs> right? Um, I, I tend to disagree. I, I just think I it's, it's, I do. <laughs> I think that with facts on your side, with the law on your side, um, you don't have to play dirty. But
3: it's like truth. That, yeah,
0: if that first, was the case, he'd be impeached. <laughs> he'd be yeah. impeached, Sonny. Yeah, he would be impeached. Like, like, Come on, man. Yeah, like truth well, now. Man. Like
3: truth now is
4: everyone. You know the dangerous thing. Like everyone picks their own facts now. Like it's not even well, the loudest person you know,
3: in the room is the winner.
4: <laughs> yeah, and even kind of to your point earlier, Sonny, about um, you know you were talking about you know the difference between journalism and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a big you know, kind of problem because, you know, I mean, I was a journalism Mm -hmm. major like in college and, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things I see now and a lot of other like writers have talked about it of just kind of, you have the conflation of journalism versus entertainment where one is often masquerading as the other, you know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. don't have a 24 hour news cycle because of journalism. That shit is entertainment. You know what I mean? It's not, It is. you know what I mean? So I think that Mm -hmm. is where the kind of going lower thing comes in because it's like you kind of have to use we're not playing the same rules don't apply anymore like as they as they used to
5: changed
6: well
4: everything it, it,
5: it, the, the game has changed that is true but i just don't i think that if everyone is cheating then you truly have the devolution of society like there has to be these standards um and 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 that's the that's the problem you know i don't think we can i i certainly think we can combat like if you're going to go low i can be pugilistic and hit you back i don't know that i need to go lower you know i just i i i believe that That's a, first time i'm hearing all, you say that Sonny. <laughs> yeah i can hit back um but i i agree i i don't agree that you need to um, resort to trickery. I don't think you need to bend the rules. Um, I, I, I don't like that. I
3: just. Um, so Kanye's not scaring you right now. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Kanye. Right. Fuck. I
4: mean, from... Oh my God. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Well, I think <laughs>
0: he's suffering. We'll no, nah. he nah, don't edit. But, but he has a. can't do that with somebody with mental illness. Like, that's... Uh, okay. He's
4: suffering. No. He's suffering.
0: Come on, black people. Don't do that. He's suffering.
4: Come on. There is a
0: thing. Maybe
5: he is. Two things can be true. Two things
4: can be true. He life suffering. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck all that. It's ain't time for this shit, man. he's really, really
5: Suffering. He's really suffering, and I think what's important, what's really unfortunate, is that you know he's not getting the help he needs. Right. And he can't. He's he's not getting it. I mean, and it's
0: hard to help a grown person with a lot of money and power too. Like that's a whole thing. You can't. Like what you gonna do? do? Institutionalize somebody? He has to hurt somebody. Like he has to really. Like like, Sonny, you can you can clear this up, but he literally has to physically hurt himself or somebody for him to be Mm -hmm. forcibly hospitalized. Correct.
5: Yes he has to be a danger to himself or others in California
3: yeah. which uh, is not rob uh, rob i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't He's need rob suffering
5: he is he is just i mean it is and think about his old music right i mean oh i mean I, you know i could listen to it i thought i thought it was like masterful some of it was yeah. masterful and, and now you look at him, and you're like, he is really suffering. My my son was upstairs; he was working out, and he was listening to I can't remember the song. It was like, um, y'all such men. Building, I can't stand they're, y'all. they're building tunnels up no, under. No, I
4: just Jay-Z. know that nigga. That ain't no <laughs> man. I know this nigga. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, no, wait, like, sick, you, don't so wait, he's sick? you don't think he's sick? You don't sick? think he's sick? He's sick. I think he. I think he is who exactly who he has always been. But you think so? He's I think still he's so. Sick, sick. And manic bipolar, man, like that. That's yeah, my, I'm not saying that. I'm not negating any of that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not negating any of that. I'm just saying, just in my very limited view of him, and as I've always said this, even before he started all this this stupid Trump shit, you know, mm-hmm. when people would always ask me, because you know, we worked with each other very early, you know, on in his career before you know he was Kanye, mm-hmm. Kanye. And the thing that I've been always telling people for years, you know, when people talk about the old Kanye versus the new Kanye. The thing I would always say is like, listen, man, Kanye is the same dude he has always been. It's just now Mm -hmm. he has much more power, influence and a bigger platform to be who he is. He's just become more Mm -hmm. of who he already was. So by my estimation, there is no old Kanye, new Kanye. It's the same dude, just with much more resources, you know, at his Mm -hmm. disposal,
0: that is it well-Kanye sick Kanye though, Fonte? I don't know well-sick. Yes, well, t- that nigga well been the same
3: Kanye nigga. I never knew well-Kanye uh, been. <laughs> yeah, yeah facts. I, 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 he's got to be sick.
0: Yeah,
5: he is. He's got to be sick. I mean, if you saw that, that I, I don't know, what campaign speech or whatever was. Yeah. I mean, Harry I saw Tubman's someone speech. in such
0: Yeah, he was in such pain. I was like, oh my gosh. It's interesting oh. the way it's resulting in this this racial thing, because even in that speech, mm. the way he was treating that black girl versus that white... It was... I, I just cannot just, believe that he's well. Let's yeah. not... I, I don't... Yeah, I believe he's
5: You maybe sick. I
4: don't think... Just don't believe... I, I don't get into it. Is it well sick? You don't have to believe that he's well. Just believe that he's Kanye. I believe
0: that. I believe
4: <laughs> that. <I believe> it <laughs> a further situation. Yeah, that's what the fuck it is. And, like, we ain't got time for this silly shit now, bro. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Nah, so we are I we don't... are
5: less than a hundred days from the election, and 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 we we I think as a community desperately need Joe Biden, even though he may be an imperfect candidate, we need him to win. And yes. someone yeah. even you know working against that, even sick is is problematic.
0: Well, look at the way we came together on that. That was beautiful.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not, is a, we're not against. Yeah, I ain't about to get here and argue with my people. No, nah, that's yeah, we, we yeah. That's, huh?
0: that's how funny be on the view. I ain't gonna argue with what be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do it. I know,
4: I know, so we take, look, yeah, take it to the group chat. Yeah,
3: I, I, I will say that uh, it's it's before we let you go, it's really endearing to watch you guys via your social media platforms uh, during game night. I'm very envious <laughs> of these Monopoly games like for real like I, it's my dream i i i live with a bunch of people who believe in going to bed at like 9 p.m. oh you know, they go to, they go to bed early they wake up at 5 in the morning and meditate and all that stuff and you know like i just want <laughs> one i want one good game night where i can flip over the monopoly table if i'm losing like
0: is that with the family is that with the family or is that with yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, the get, family we, or whatever. I mean, we we try game nights, but you know, everyone's.
0: I was talking to Sonny.
3: Get a little more sorry. tame. Get <laughs> a little more
5: tame at your house. No, we we get we get a little crazy. We, we're competitive by nature. We're competitive. Everybody, my father. I posted yesterday. We we had a game night with my father. He started trash talking about ten minutes into the game. I was like, you haven't played clue <laughs> in a minute, and you trash talking. He's like, yeah, yeah, keep on playing, keep on playing. It's just, it's just kind of a family dynamic that I we have. with Oh my God. Oh, we play Clue. No, they yeah. do. I mean, just, just ignorant. Wow. But Looking it's been them. such a wonderful thing for us because, you know, Manny usually leaves very early in the morning um, to see patients. I usually leave early. The kids are, you know, they're athletes. So they're, they're constantly running. This has been the first time in years. The one silver lining for us is that um, we are home together. And we've yeah. been home together for months. And
6: um, no daddy,
0: fine. I'm sorry. Thank you.
5: Hey. <laughs> he's cute, I'm, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 cute. Hey, yo, mama, but I we, get it. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I know it's so ridiculous, those two. But um, I I I love that we, you know, we've all been able to spend that time together. And like the kids are serious about Family Game Night. They're like, um. Thursday night is family game. like they decide when we're going to play and they decide what we're going to play.
0: Push out for your top three games because we need some new su- suggestions for uh, this quarantine. Monopoly, Monopoly, Blue,
5: and I would say probably, it's a toss up between Pictionary and Uno. I am about to say like Uno. Uno, that's, Uno. come on, that's
4: they're black. Uno. Yeah, they like Uno. Doubles <laughs> <have> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, like ah. and triples, Doubles and triples. <laughs> I'm yeah. yeah. I'm in a oh. household that oh, don't believe in stacksies. No, that
4: wasn't. True. Nah, we stacking. <laughs> we stack The <laughs> only thing is you got to stack. The only thing is you stack with the same suite. So if it's a draw two, oh. I can stack a draw two, but you can't put a draw four on top of a draw two. Like oh, yeah. we only Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I Get her with it.
3: I go get her with it. All, yeah, all Draws that. are this.
0: All, all draws are the same. No, more-
6: no,
3: no.
4: Nah, nah <laughs> we don't do that. Nah, nah, nah. Nope. Nah, rules nope. like, nope. nope. is. Them, you, them rules you. is for niggas that used to read with their fingers under the word.
5: <laughs> I did you on an Austin family game night. There oh. would be a
2: fight up in this house. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that good. That was a good one.
5: That was a good one.
2: That's good for the coffee table book, Fate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is the one thing that you've uh, adjusted to since March or during the quarantine that you haven't before that you're, that's now part of your regular repertoire?
5: I've started, I've always cooked, but I cook a lot more. And I will say I started walking and running again. You know, remember I said I used, was training for a marathon when I, when I met my husband in church. Um, (laughs) It's been a long time since I, I, um, have done it consistently. And I find that, you know, the one thing that kind of does give me a little self-care is to try to exercise a little bit, a little. I'm, I don't like to sweat that much, honestly, but uh, running or walking <laughs> a couple of miles a day, it's, uh, it feels, that feels good. And it's something that I just almost didn't make the time for before. Didn't just, I don't know. I didn't, I stopped doing that. So I, I would say that that's different for me. A little bit of uh, you talk about
4: cooking. Self-care. What's your what's your oh. game talking oh, you, about?
5: You you must got some fantastic.. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. It's probably award winning if I entered it into something.
2: Oh I'm well, let's, let's talk about you. it. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that again? Yeah. When can we get it is, it's it's support? Um, yeah, roast pork. pork shoulder. Oh, all right, y'all,
6: y'all. Yeah, you can sit
4: that one out, we'll yeah. we'll do that.
5: <laughs> yeah. And I don't eat that's meat, good old but I, I I certainly can make that. Um, everybody, that's my usually Thanksgiving and Christmas. I I throw that you know into the mix, but I yes. will make it especially for you.
3: Okay, we'll be yes. over. Thank you. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey Sonny can I just ask you a quick technical question Yeah, yeah. the way y'all are yeah. taping the view so are you you still at home mm-hmm. they, they just gave y'all one background I
5: know what they is hooked the t- it up didn't what? they cause
0: it wasn't always it, like that like y'all were in y'all houses y'all sitting on the couch yeah we're
5: still at right? home what they did was when they realized that we would we would be doing this all season and uh-huh. probably likely into next season as well they brought equipment into our homes I mean people had hazmat suits on it was really impressive and ABC basically sent. Trucks with equipment and people in hazmat suits to everyone's homes, and um, so they every installed. morning at like five
3: o'clock, you get these trucks in your driveway.
5: No, they 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 put them in like they built these kind of mini studios in each host's home, and so we have a um, big screen behind us. It's not a green screen. It's actually a huge monitor that po- that we have a picture. Um, of where we generally, the background of where we generally sit on the right, show. Right.
6: Wow. It's so yeah. dope, y'all.
0: Like,
6: Can we get that up here? here?
0: That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, <laughs> how, we, how we do that? <laughs>
5: yeah. And then we have our, our lighting. And I mean, they, they basically made sure that we could continue doing the show remotely. And, you know, there have been a couple of little glitches uh, because it's hard because you don't want to speak over each other. And right. so it's, it's a little bit difficult um, but we we now have monitors. We have prompter now. We have feedback where we can see each other. The first month we didn't have that. And That's then weird. it just, they came in, fixed it. And, um, you know, we, we, interestingly enough, we used to be, you know, sort of like number one, but they would break out syndicated and non-syndicated. And now we're number one across the board um, in all That's of daytime so TV. Yeah, I'm mad y'all on because, vacation this week. Mm-hmm. I, I know everyone's like, I can't believe you're on vacation, mm-hmm. um, but it, I think it's because we're we are at our best when we are just talking about the issues, even the uncomfortable ones. Yes, that's when we're at our best. So I that's when people to. are at their best. They are when they
0: when they talk. Sunny, I have to okay. thank you because and I'm gonna thank you from all thank the people you. that I know that watch every day from my dad to my best friend Khadijah, because oh. although I know it's a heavyweight, you carry it so classy and so beautifully. Thank and I just thank really you for saying that as yes, I really appreciate you. you. I told it's, you this at Amir Amir, Amir DJ the Oscar party once and I did, I wanted to say something yeah. to you and I walked up to you and oh. I was like, I want you to know I see <laughs> you and I appreciate you. <laughs> because we do. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Facts. I,
5: I uh, one quick thing I will tell you is that, um, I was diagnosed with diverticulitis, stress induced diverticulitis, um, mm. which is like an inflammation of the intestines and stuff. Intestines, and, yeah. uh, yeah, I was, I was, I, I got really sick last, last season. And, and last season was a tumultuous season for us. I lost like 20 pounds. I couldn't eat everything I ate bothered my stomach. So I went to the, the GI doctor and he said, he usually sees that in what, what I have in 70-plus-year-old women uh, and men, 70 plus. And he said, but it's stress-induced. Are you under an extraordinary amount of stress? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm fine.
4: <laughs> I'm only um, on the number one I, talk show in the country. <laughs> no stress. <laughs> I argue no stress all day. All. Stress.
5: No stress, yeah. <laughs> right. And I realized that it is a heavyweight because I attribute that to the fact that there are things sometimes that I would like to say, um, and I'm sure all of you understand this, there are things that I would sometimes like to say that will result in my losing that platform. And I think it's too important of a platform to lose for our community. And so I do not say those things. But when you internalize and internalize, um, you could end up with stress-induced diverticulitis. So... I say that as an example because I really think it's important if you're not on television talking to 3 million people, um, you really have to talk it out, right? You've got to get all of that stuff out. And I think now it's more important than ever um, to, to do that. Not censoring. I'm not censoring myself, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it
4: classy yeah. at all times. Well, Sonny, I would cordially invite you to the Questlove Supreme group chat, where you can say all the problematic <laughs> shit you want to say, all the all the shit you can't say in front of these white people. It's like you therapy. Can just come to us. It's like therapy. It's like yes. therapy group, for group black chat, people. Group chat white is people. The new- Hey, group chat is the new social media, yeah. so if you ever
3: just want to just we come But we're going need
0: in. to do a trade, though. I'm going to need to get into, get into that good, light skin and loud group chat she in with all uh, all her folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one.
3: light skin
6: and chat. loud. <laughs> Did
5: you hear all
0: the women she named? I was like, yep. <laughs>
5: not I know. Fucking, I, f- I forgot to say Jamel. Jamel Hill's on show. She light skin and loud. She do not, yeah, not she
4: light skin. Y'all about the same she, she, complaint. Y'all, y'all, y'all yeah, got she, the paper bag. Yeah we, yeah, we got Jamel. Who
5: we got? It was Joy Jamal, Latasha oh, Alicia okay. Alicia Garza, um, my, my
0: girl from CBS that sits in for a uh, Gail sometimes. That oh, what's her name? She is so sharp with the short haircut. Oh my god! Oh,
5: Ooh. yeah. We we do we do we keep and and what's great is sometimes when they see me on the show and they see that I'm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, drinking my tea because I'm like, if I get into this, I'm, like, oh, last I'm gonna lose week, my you job. Last week he was like this.
0: Last week he was like this. Mm-hmm,
5: uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm gonna lose my job. I'm gonna lose my job. I can't. You about I can't. to
4: lose your job? I'm
3: right there. Wait, can I ask? I, just, I mean, <laughs> is, is it possible? Is there a line to be crossed on the View? Rosie O'Donnell? That well, I mean, no. said, said directly on the show, not like things discovered.
5: I believe Rosie, there are lines, and I believe there's always a that, line for black that, people. Well, it mm, mm, well,
2: mm, mm, <laughs> is, and always, is. <laughs> but there's a line for everybody. I, don't I know have a question. That is yes.
3: Since we're talking about this in, in this time that we're in right
2: now, where seemingly everybody has an opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. We're all encouraged to speak speak up and speak out at this point, certainly. Yeah. And uh, But on the other side of the coin, if you say the smallest thing wrong, your job mm-hmm. is at risk, your life is at risk, mm-hmm. everything. So how do you navigate that, yeah. especially since it's your job to speak your mind uh, in front of so many people every day?
4: Yeah.
5: Well, I, I try to navigate it very carefully um, while being authentic. But see, I don't really believe in what people are calling cancel culture. I don't really believe that, that it's that. I think it's accountability culture. You don't get canceled just for giving your opinion. You don't get canceled for you know um, having an opinion that's different. You get held accountable though for saying things that are racist, for saying things that are um, misogynistic. You could get and, and and doubling down on them and not apologizing, you can get uh, held accountable for those things. So I, I I kind of disagree with this. There's oh there's a the cancel culture for giving an opinion. No, I think people are are for the first time in a long time being held accountable for their actions. But I, because of my platform, um, I am very careful. Um, about how, what I say, making sure that it's fact based and how I say it. Because I also think there's something to be said about dealing with your colleagues gracefully and uh, respectfully so that you can go to battle with those same people the next day without hurt feelings and things like that, and without people feeling personally attacked, uh, feeling like they've been disrespected just because of their view. Right. So I, I, I think it's more that it's that people are now finally being held accountable for saying the quiet part out loud and other people saying, I don't like that. You know, that that's racist or that's sexist or that's this. And if the person rather than say, you know what, Let, teach me, what do you mean by that? Why do you take it that way? The person's like, no, it's not. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's different. I think that's I think that's someone that can't learn. That's just my take.
4: I don't know. Sure. If you, okay. I've, uh, you don't
0: know what?
5: I, well, you disagree? It's
4: no, fine if you disagree. N- no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think I necessarily disagree with you. I just think it's you know when we talk about like you know what cancel culture is because I mean because right I mean essentially what you're saying is like well yeah I mean no one gets canceled they just you know you might lose some money and you go away for a little while and then you just come back and rebrand right <laughs> I mean, you, just, you're being, you know what
5: you're, I mean but you're being held accountable on that particular like, thing
4: that you did or that you said is you're being held accountable but I guess the part for me is that you know a big part for me is like there's never like when we're like now in the era that we're in where we're talking about just rebuilding everything like we're talking about mm-hmm. you know Defunding the police and abolishing prison, like all reprogramming, these like, new reprogramming, reprogramming, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's always I'm I'm like I'm with it. Like we can let's abolish police. Let's, nigga, let's get it on. But there's always <laughs> there's never a discussion about what redemption looks like. And so my oh, thing that's is a good that point. you know what I mean like so at what point you know my problem with you know what people call this cancel culture if you cancel someone they no longer mm-hmm. have an incentive to change. If you, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. cancel culture or if holding someone accountable means we like, we were just joking about you losing your job. Mm-hmm, if you've lost mm-hmm. your job, then at that point, it's like, well, fuck it. Like, you know, I done already lost my job, lost my name. My Google, you Google search me mm-hmm. and everybody like, this is what defines me now. So hell, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's the that's part point. that I, th- that I think gets missed. You know what I mean? And particularly now, you know, I think a big problem that a point that I think gets missed is that the the audience today uh, versus someone, you know, 20 years ago, whatever, we have the hive mind of social media at our disposal yes. to help us break down very, uh, very complex concepts. So, yes. you know, if you were, you know, 20 years ago, right, if you were a person that was assaulted or you you know had questions about your sexuality or like how we were talking earlier about consent or whatever I mean mm-hmm. who could you really talk to I mean you could maybe yeah. talk to your parents you could maybe talk to you know a friend maybe you know what I'm saying now but, you can just you know, put it out
0: there and everybody can chime in yeah, I mean, yeah, right
4: now like now if yeah. you have questions about whatever you have world-class counselors psychologists teachers yeah. Uh, you know, at your disposal, who have you know who create and uh, release content on their platforms daily to help mm-hmm. you parse all of this information. So I think it's unfair to like judge people now. I, I to to I think it's unfair to litigate the the present or, or litigate the past Ask through in the, the present. current understanding of the present. You know what I mean? And so when I see a lot of these things. Um, yeah, that happen when people point. just you know when people just be saying some old dumb shit and they whatever you know to your point about educating I don't ever see <laughs> like education mm-hmm. happen it's always yeah. the first the first right. thing I see is always yeah it's like get this now nah, they gotta go they canceled they done yeah. they this they that and there's never any room for education
5: well and that's why I refer to the, those that double down because I, I've seen situations where someone's held accountable and say uh uh-uh. uh mm-hmm. That was wrong. And, and then you have someone that says, you know what? I've met with this person and that person, and, and I was wrong.
4: I get and, it now.
5: Um, yeah. And I get it now. See, I believe in redemption. Um, so I don't, I don't think that person loses their job. I don't, I don't agree with that. But the person that doubles down right. and is like, whatever. right? I, I mean, what do you do with that? You make
6: that's a present. Not gonna, well. <laughs> oh, <man>. Shots <laughs> fired like down. Yeah. You do. Yeah. All the
4: Griselda ad libs.
5: Yeah. Anyway. I
4: mean, my year yeah, like from right. downtown.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> shit. I love like that. Like, I would love right. that. I was
0: thinking about yeah. all the times he's doubled down, and I was just like, wow.
3: Yeah. Triple down, nigga. Come on. On. I type, come on, <laughs> come on. No, we 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 thank you for doing the show. Um we're, we're fans and and thank you for fighting a good fight. And mm. um you know, uh, we we feel your stress every episode. Right? <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you
5: for Thank you for feeling it with me and
0: having me. Y'all are great. This was
6: yes.
5: wonderful.
0: And everybody no, go out fun. and get what well, I am these truths. <laughs> That yes. is funny's memoir and it is. And when Get the world opens
4: back up, when the world open back up, I'm coming for a <laughs> nice slice of that panel with oh, some good, uh, I need some yes. moho. I need that uh what's the, the chimichurri sauce? I need that. Come on. Black beans,
0: yellow sunny, rice. Hell I, yeah. I hate to, to
2: this in the, over.
0: I hate to mention <laughs> this in the slide, but can you also find out why black women get fibroids? I'm sorry. It's in the book. Everybody read the book. She had them. But I'm just saying. Yes. yes. There, okay.
5: there, there, are, there are studies being done, but
0: we're going to talk about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. I'm with you in the struggle.
3: Well, on behalf oh. of uh, Laia, Sugar Steve, Unpaid Bill, and Fontigolo, this is Quest Love. This is Quest Love Supreme, and we will see you on the next go round. Thank you very much.